Okay, well, uh, today is uh, part two. This last week, uh, you can listen to it online. But part two of a series that I'm doing on called Staying Your Course, Staying On Course. And, uh, you know, I'm just thinking in turbulent times and that we're sort of in at the moment, they're certainly different times, aren't they? Um, just like in, in turbulent weather, it can be a little bit harder to navigate uh, and stay on course. And uh, there's so much happening around us. And so it's very important that we uh, stay committed and focused on what we're meant to be doing in these days. Like a ship in a storm, it's, uh, trying to navigate in bad weather is a lot harder than in calm weather. And, uh, and so it is in our lives when there are storms and turbulence all around us as there appears to be in these days. These are challenging. These are significant days, however. And uh, it's more important than ever. More important than ever. We say this all the time, and we should live our lives like this all the time, but it's good to remind ourselves. It's more important than ever to stay connected to the will of God, be close with the Lord, be following the leading of the Spirit, staying connected with each other, staying on course, and doing what God has called us to do. Not getting distracted. I talked about that last week. We talked particularly about how distraction can take our eyes off what is important and what we're meant to be doing. And, um, you know, they're from everyday little distractions to the, to the very large distractions in the form of temptation, which can lead us into willful sin. So we talked about distraction, and um, that's something that moves us away from what we really want. It prevents us experiencing something that God has for us or doing what God has called us to do. Whereas traction, heard of the word traction? That's an action that takes us towards our goal. Okay, so we want traction. We don't want to have distraction in these days, okay? We need to be doing and fulfilling what God has called us to do, church. And that's every one of us on an individual level, but as the body of Christ as well. And we looked last week at uh, some of the writings of Paul, uh, and uh, particularly the one, and I'll just do a bit of a recap here. Uh, Remember, he was writing to the church at Philippi, and he wanted to encourage them. They've been doing okay. He wanted to encourage them to continue to run their race, to continue to persevere in their commitment to Christ, to press on towards the goal, the prize to which we've been called, the eternal glory and the eternal rewards that lie ahead for us. So let's have a look at that quickly again today. Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 16. Not only that I, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to take hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we've already attained. See, Paul in his writings used the analogy um, of, of the Christian life being like a running a race. I really like this. In 2 Timothy, I'll just share another one that we, we looked at last week. 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. He said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day, and not only me, but also all those who have longed for his appearing. So we want to be like Paul. He's an inspiration to us. 
Fight the good fight. In other words, do what we know to do. Do what is right. That's fighting the good fight. Finish the race. In other words, don't give up. And keep the faith. Not doubt. Not unbelief. Stay true to the word of God. Obeying him and trusting in his faithfulness. Keep the faith. We need to keep our eye on the prize. Not get distracted so we can receive that crown that Jesus will award to us. And another scripture we didn't get quite have time to look at last week, but uh, I want to emphasize um, this point with, is from 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27. It says, Do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do not do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So Paul here again is using that uh, running analogy um, about keeping our eye on the prize. And he says that we do it to get a crown that will last. We don't do it to get a crown that will not last, otherwise perishable, but we will get a crown that will last forever, imperishable, some versions say. So he's saying that's the reason we run. And a crown, actually, I always thought, well, kings of crowns, but actually a crown represents, in in many parts of the Bible, a symbol of reward. That's what the crown represents, a symbol of reward. And in all of these verses of Scripture that we've looked at today, um, we see that the reward of eternal glory that lies ahead for us, that inspired Paul, should inspire us today to continue to stay on course and to continue to complete our race. Now, I can really relate um, to this, um, this comparison of of the Christian life and running a race. Um, And today, I want to uh, look at the subject further. And uh, I want to use an illustration of my own running experience. (laughs) Um, I, uh, I used to do quite a bit of running, mainly just to keep fit. But um, not so much in recent years, but I've just sort of taken it up again. Uh, The body was getting a little bit older, and I've taken it up again. And uh, praise God, so far so good, I'm holding up. So uh, it's good. (laughs) We're holding up. uh, But first, I just want to say, I'm not like Pete Jelly. I'm not an athlete. Um, And uh, I run particularly slowly, very slowly, in fact. Um, But in the running that I've done, and I'm currently doing, it's reminded me, I've learned useful lessons. And I want to use some of those as we compare that to our Christian journey. So you bear with me this morning. So, um, yeah, so I want to look today at the, some of the keys for staying on course in the context of running a race, and particularly a long-distance race, like a marathon, a half marathon. I ran a marathon when I was 30 years old, and I set that as a goal, and I achieved that, and then I ran spasmodically after that, but uh, I only ever did the one marathon. And uh, I decided a few months back that uh, I needed to get a bit fitter, but I have got to have a goal. I'll talk about that a little bit later. And so I thought, well, I was 30 when I ran a marathon. I'm 65 now. I think a half marathon would be fair. (laughs) (laughs) Marathon's too much. So I thought, and then, and don't laugh too much. I've got another goal. When I'm 90, I'm going to run 10K. So that's uh, that's uh, that's that's my goal. So um, anyway, we're going to use that analogy today. So today I want to look at another scripture, and we're going to use this, um, once again, this analogy of of comparing the Christian journey to running 
um, out of this particular passage of Scripture, which is found in the book of Hebrews. And I'll read it to you. It's Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. As I say, I want to take this passage of Scripture, in particular, look at the points that it brings out. And we'll break it down into various parts, the whole idea being that it will encourage us to stay on course and to complete our race. Let's read it again. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Now, firstly here, it mentions a great cloud of witnesses. And this, of course, is referring to the chapter before, the great faith chapter, chapter 11, the book of Hebrews. Um, and uh, it uh, talks about all the heroes of faith in that chapter. And this provides us one of the, the key reasons that we need to continue to run uh, and not grow weary and not lose heart. Therefore, whenever you see, Pastor said this many times, whenever you see a therefore, at the beginning of a verse, you've got to ask what it's there for. And of course, it's referring to what was said previously. So chapter 11 um, in uh, the book of Hebrews, you can read it. You're all familiar with it, I'm sure. But it, it's referring to these heroes of the faith that are mentioned in the Bible. But I actually think that we can include current day heroes, people that have inspired us that are now with the Lord. You know, great Bible teachers like Kenneth Hagin and Derek Prince and so on. Even people that have ministered in our own lives, pastors and people that we've sat under people in our family, people that inspired us. My mum's just gone to be with the Lord. Oh, she's up there with a great cloud of witnesses. They're all there cheering us on. Amen? And the implication is that these great people of faith have done their part, and they're cheering us on. They don't want us to drop the ball now in our leg of the race. They're on the sideline cheering us on, and we don't want to let them down. As I said before, I just can't run for the sake of it. I've got to have a reason. Otherwise, I'm not disciplined enough to do it. Uh, I, uh, I need a goal and a purpose, and um, it just won't happen. And uh, I need to know why I'm doing what I'm doing. I always think it's important in life to know why you're doing what you It inspires you. It keeps you going. And the writer here is saying, here's a great reason to keep, us, to keep going. For the sake of those who have gone before us, who have sacrificed and given so much, and included in that is the eternal glory and the hope that we have. Okay? Boy. That's, that's, that inspires me to make sure that we complete our race. Now, let's go on and break this down even further. The verse goes on to say, let's throw off everything that hinders. Things that hinder us, things that block us, that interfere, that stop progress, that slow us down in doing what God wants us to do. Things like burdens, worries, fears. We aren't supposed to carry these things. They hinder us in being productive for the Lord. The worries, the demands of daily life, Bad habits, perhaps, addictions even, certainly distractions that we looked at last week. They're all extra baggage, right, that hinder our purpose. 
It's like carrying extra weight when you're running. An athlete, when he goes for a run, when I go for a run, I don't put on my gum boots and my big heavy coat to go for a run. It'll slow me down. It'll hinder me. I've got to get rid of those things. Uh, it's not helpful. In fact, here's a bit of a story, and I can tell this today because my wife Di is not here today. Um, but uh, anyway, as I've been part of this training program, I, uh, a few weeks back, I decided to go. I was feeling great. I went out, and um, I said, I'm just going for a run. But I was feeling so great. And I thought, this is good, because you've got to keep increasing the distance. That's how you train and get better, you see. And I just, I felt like Forrest Gump. I just felt like I'd run, run forever. You know, I just kept going and going and going. And, um, and I was out a long time, hour and a half, hour 40, I think. And what, Di's just at home. She's starting to worry about me, as wives do. And um, she was, where is it? And, she's, I come, and when I finally come home, um, I come around the corner. And there she's out in the footpath, looking up and down the street, worried about where I was. I said, well, what do you think's going to happen? Oh... That's what wives do, eh? Anyway, I, uh, I, uh, she, she said to me the following week at the same time, I said, I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to do another long one. She asked me, short one or long one? I said, oh, I think a long one. I'm due for another long one. She said, oh, look, oh, you know, I was so worried about you last week. This week I want you to take your cell phone with you. So if anything happens, you've got your cell phone. I thought, well, really? If something happens, what use is my cell phone to me, really? I, anyway, she's, um, so she said to me, take the cell phone. And I thought, how am I going to run with a cell phone running, holding it in your hand as you're running along? It's a bit weird. In my pocket, it'll dangle around and bounce around. I thought, that's no good. So this is what you're not allowed to say. Okay, so I put it in the letterbox on the way out. <laughs> and she didn't know. And I, and I came home. I looked around, quickly grabbed the letterbox, walked in the door. Oh, 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 because she got the cell phone. She's happy wife, happy life, eh? Yes, and please don't tell her. <laughs> She's probably going to see it online anyway. But... <laughs> yeah, but um, she meant well. But it's going to hinder me. It's going to weigh me down. And uh, we don't want that. What else hinders us? I'll tell you a big thing for Christians. We've got to really watch. It's our past. It's our past. Living with regret. Looking back. You know, in a race, when you're running, you don't look back all the time to see who's behind you, who's catching. It's a distraction. It's a hindrance. You don't want it. You focus on what's ahead. That's what Paul was saying. I look at the prize. I press onwards towards it. And so uh, we don't look back. So there's an old saying, don't let your past determine your future. Don't let your past determine your future. Okay? Past hurts. Offenses. Failures even. These things can all weigh on us and think, oh, my God, blow on it. Or, you know, what am I going to do? And, 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 and we don't want to do that. But don't live with regret. We've got to keep going forward. Throw off those things that hindered. Throw off. That indicates to me some effort's required. There's a bit of effort required here. Throw off the things that hinder. We need to be determined. We need to be purposeful about what we're doing. Okay, so throw off the things that hinder and throw off the sin that so easily entangles. Sin will always take us off course. Sin always has a consequence. We see this right at the beginning of creation, the book of uh, Genesis, when in the garden, when the temptation came and Satan came, the form of the serpent, to Eve. And they're talking about the trees in the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And, uh, and, he, and Eve said to the devil, devil he said, she said, oh, we may eat of any tree except this tree, because if we eat of this tree, that's the day we will die. And then what did the devil say? His old trick that he's still up to today. He cast doubt on God's word. And he basically said, surely you will not die. In other words, you can sin and get away with it. You can sin and get away with it. It's a strategy is still today. 
And so that's a spiritual principle, spiritual law, one of God's laws, sin, breaking those things, getting caught up or entangled, as the, as the Scripture says here, in the things that we know are wrong. Like last week's example of David and Bathsheba. This will always hinder us. It will always slow us down. Sin easily entangles. That's actually, that's the nature of sin. <laughs> it entangles. I, uh, I've gone out fishing a few times with Dave Clark. He's a keen fisherman, and he goes out into the harbour, and he's got a fishing net, and he puts it out, and he always catches lots of fish. But I tell you what, when we pull that net in, what a mess. It's tangled up. The fish have thrashed around in it, and it's an absolute mess. Very, very tangled. And I... And I, I I look at that and I think that's how sometimes our lives can get. We get caught up in sin. What a mess. Yeah, we can put it right, but it takes a long time. It takes a bit of sorting out. That's the good thing. We can get out of it. But boy, you don't want to go there. And uh, as I say, breaking spiritual laws will have a consequence. Breaking natural laws, like running, you're running a race, there are certain things you need to do. You've got to look after your body. You've got to have a good diet. You've got to stretch beforehand and so on. Otherwise, you're going to do damage. You break... Natural laws, there'll be a consequence in your physical body, okay? Particularly drinking water. Hydration is so important. If you don't drink enough water, you're going to get in trouble when you're doing a lot of running. It'll put your body under huge stress. You'll, str- you know, you'll, you'll, you'll struggle and you'll even have to stop. So, just as na- uh, breaking natural laws can cause problems, entangle us, so sin can also cause us problems. Of course, we can be forgiven, but the consequences will still have to be dealt with. And now certainly, it'll certainly slow us down and hinder us in staying on course. So, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Run with perseverance. Keep going no matter what. Persevere, even when tired. And the bind or the body are saying, enough's enough. And this is both true in our Christian life. I've had times in my Christian life when I'm, what, am I, what am I doing? You know? And, and certainly with running. Um, and to live the life that God wants us to live sometimes can be tough. Let's be honest. There can be obstacles. But we must persist despite difficulty and despite delay. Some things don't always happen when and how we would like. We can get tired. We can get exhausted. We can get impatient. Sometimes feel it's just too hard. But like the runner, we must persevere. We can experience pain. We can experience tiredness. Other challenges, things not happening like we thought they might, but we push through. In, uh, in, in, in running, particularly in a marathon, um, there's a term that they use about uh, hitting the wall. And it's about, I think it's about 30, 35K. People will be able to correct me on that, but uh, you're running, and you're feeling good, but all of a sudden, it's just bang, you come up, like literally, it feels like you're hitting a wall, it's, it's a term in running, and um, you feel like you can't go on, and sometimes in our Christian life, you can, we have these times, these seasons, and uh, I don't know about you, have you, maybe you felt like that at some time, but we've got to carry on, I remember I did that when I ran that marathon, back all those years ago, I was going great, it was around Lake Rotorua. And uh, I, was, uh, I was going really well. I felt I was in control. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, I just hit this wall, and I just felt I can't go on. So what did I do? I just slowed down. One thing I didn't do was stop. Slow down. Got out the water. I 
thought, like Pastor Stephen keeps telling me, you've got to drink more water. I have a drink of water. Mm. <laughs> oh, yum, yum. And, um, and uh, walked for a little while, regathered myself, and carried on. So, sometimes we've got to do that. Sometimes we've got to do that. Be steadfast. Persist. Persevere. It takes effort. The one thing we don't do is give up. Amen? Look at James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Sometimes life can be tough, like a trial, but we're called to persevere. And here's the thing. With my running... And I think in life in general, you find if you go through and persist and persevere during the tough times, and like running a race, when you get to the end, you're always glad you did it. So thank God I didn't quit. Thank God I didn't quit. It was so easy. I could have done it. And no matter what the pain, the hurt, I know I kept going. And you always, you never regret it. Never, never, ever regret. What satisfaction. So we run with perseverance. The race marked out for us. We keep going. We stay on course. Then the verse goes in Hebrews. It says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Remember him and what he's done for us. He's our role model. He's our inspiration. And in Jesus, we have the strength. We have everything that we need to keep going. All the hope, all the love, all the grace, all the power, all the wisdom, all the guidance, all the endurance. All the joy, all the promises, and in him we have the victory. Amen? Every quality, every virtue, everything we need, he has. And what he has, he willingly gives to us. He's already run the race, in fact. So he knows how we feel. He's run the race. He knows how, how, how it feels, and he's with us. He's in us. Our life is in him. So we fix our eyes on him. Fix our eyes on Jesus. You know that word fix there means to concentrate your gaze. It's, it's a deliberate attention to Jesus. Focus our attention on him. It means not to be distracted. And what distracts us? Well, we, you can be too self-focused. And when we look at ourselves and not Jesus, we just tend to see the, the weaknesses, the imperfections. We start to think, oh, how hard it is or how tired we are. But when our attention and our focus is on him, we can do all things. Why? Because in all things, he strengthens us. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So we keep our eyes on Jesus, not on others, not on the circumstances. You're all very familiar with the story um, of the uh, when Jesus and the disciples were we're feeding the 5,000, and after that, they came down, and uh, Jesus wanted to stay and pray, and he sent the, the disciples ahead on the boat to cross the lake. And then in the middle of the night, he decided to walk out towards them. And uh, when he got closer, they thought it was a ghost. And uh, Peter, and we can read in, in Matthew 14, verses 28 to 30, Peter calls out to him, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. And Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. 
Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. So far, so good. Why? Because his eyes were focused on Jesus. His eyes were focused on Jesus and he walked on water. As soon as he took his eyes off Jesus and he looked at the, the wind and the storm, he got distracted. What did he do? He sank. And the only way we can continually stay on course. I mean, our, our faith is a relationship with Jesus. That's what it's all about. Oh, we've got to nurture that. We've got to foster that. We've got to just love him every day. Be close with him. The only way we can stay on course is keeping our eyes on Jesus. He's like a compass. He's like a compass. He always points us in the right direction. Amen? So Peter took his eyes off Jesus and looked at the storm. And for us, it can be storms of life. There can be lots of things. Hurts, offenses can come. Many things can try and take us out of our race. If we keep our eyes on him, we'll stay on course. We'll stay on course. Another thing that we need uh, to avoid worrying about is what others are doing. Rather than looking at Jesus, don't look at others and comparing ourselves to others. It's seldom helpful. I mean, we can be inspired by other people. We can encourage other people. We can celebrate their successes. But don't compare. In a race, I've found, you know, if I'm running along and I'm looking at whatever everyone else is doing, um, it's, it's really positive, really positive. It doesn't help. In fact, what it does is um, generally breed insecurity because you're thinking, well, am I doing well enough? Oh, you know, should I be doing this? Look what they're doing. doesn't help. Don't compare to self-others. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He's made you who you are. He's given you your gifts and your talents. He's called you to do what you're doing. We're all unique and different. So don't look it out what other people are doing. Just keep your eyes on Jesus and what he's called you to do. Let's just fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Once again, we see here, for the joy set before him, that Jesus went through all he did, all he suffered, all he went through, his pain, the cross, the pain, the shame, was, of course, what it would achieve for us. The joy set before him. He endured for the joy set before him for what was going to result of it. And we can endure this. We can do the same. We endure. We keep going with the mind in mind of the, the joy of reaching our goal, finishing our race. We know it'll be worth it, as I mentioned before. Then it goes on to say, consider him who endured such opposition. opposition. Jesus, we look at his life, we know well, he, he, he endured severe criticism, opposition, scorn, but he did not quit. And we too can sometimes be ridiculed, criticized for our faith, for the stands that we make. But it's nothing compared to what Jesus experienced. Demonic spirits, the devil can harass us and oppose us. People can oppose us. We're not to listen to voices that say we can't because God says we can. God says we can. So don't listen to the voices that say you can't, the things that would oppose you. Even well-meaning people sometimes can oppose you. Um, my mum, God rest her soul, she, uh, when I told her recently, as I say, when I started this running, and I said to her, Mum, I think I'm going to start running again and I'm going to do a half marathon. And she looked at me and spoke to me just like a, only a mum can do. She said to me, don't you think you're too old for this? 
<laughs> and she, you could get hurt. And I said, and now she meant well, but I, I was pretty sure I was doing the right thing. So I graciously said to mum, oh, well, mum, I think I'll be okay. I'll be okay. She knew I was never going to listen to her, but she had to, she had to make, her, her, make her comment. She meant well. And um, um, so you get sometimes that can happen. They mean well. But the others are just negative people, critical people, and jealous people that can oppose us and take us off course. Um, but if you know you're doing the right thing, just keep going. Don't get um, distracted and put off. We have to stick to the program no matter what the opposition. Galatians 5, 7 says, You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? You know, when someone cuts in on you in a race, it throws you off stride, doesn't it? You lose your footing, you stumble, whatever. Um, you could potentially fall. It could, certainly can take you off the course. And um, in our Christian life, people can cut in on us, can't they? We can get offended. We can get hurt. But the thing is, don't let us take it off course. Don't let us take us out of the race. We stay focused. Opposition can come. We've got an enemy out there. The devil can attack us. Circumstances around us can, can seem to conspire sometimes. Or people, but nonetheless, we endure Consider him who endured opposition, and we will not grow weary and lose heart. Consider him. Fix our eyes on him, and we won't get weary. Because if we get weary, it can cause us to lose heart. And losing heart is what causes us to give up. I love, I love the scripture here from Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. It says, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Do not fear, for I am with you. We've talked about that before. Do not be dismayed. In other words, do not lose heart. Do not be dismayed. Do not lose heart. He will strengthen and uphold us. What a promise. He's with us. We stay close to him and he'll give us all the strength we need to stay on course and complete our race. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good. For in the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I think we've got enough scripture here to establish doctrine. No problem. <laughs> Let us not become weary in doing good. In the proper time, in the finish line, what's ahead, we will reap a harvest. If we do not give up. Here's the great thing. Uh, when, with my running, when it came to the actual race, I realized that as long as I'd done the training, I'd done what I needed to do, that I hadn't grown weary and given up, then when it came to the race, I was always going to complete it. All the work was done in the preparation. I was always going to complete it. I did what I know was right. I did what I needed to do, stuck to my goal and my program, I was always going to complete the race. The preparation was everything. And it's the same in our Christian race, our Christian life. Do what we know is right. Don't grow weary in doing good. Don't give up. And we'll automatically qualify for the prize. We'll reap that harvest 
that the writer's referring to. So in summary, I could say the main principle of all these scriptures that we've been looking at is really don't give up. Hindrances, sin, opposition. They may cause us to, to trip up or be discouraged or disappointed or even doubtful. Maybe things haven't happened like we thought. These could be very real and dangerous, but let's not let them take us off course. Take us out of the race. I tell you, staying positive, optimistic, getting rid of negativity, wrong influences, staying strong and committed, never giving up. You know, we've read the back of the book, haven't we? And we know who wins, the one who perseveres. So let's uh, encourage and support one another, particularly in these days that we're living in. We're not in the race alone. That's the good thing. Hebrews uh, 10, 24, is it? Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. We're in this together. Running, I know, with running, it's a lot easier with others. If you're running in a group, particularly the training, a lot easier with us. People with the same goal, the same values. We need each other. We need to support and encourage. Continue to run with perseverance. The race set out before us. I tell you what, the finishing line's in sight, church. We don't, want to, we don't want to give up now, that's for sure. 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8, we looked at it earlier. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith, and now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day, and not only to me, but to all, so to all who have longed for his appearing. Fight the good fight, stay on course, finish the race, keep the faith, Receive our crown. And then we can hear those famous words that Jesus uttered in the book of Matthew when he said, Well done, you good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in a few things. I will put you in charge of many. Come and share your master's happiness. Thanks for watching Victory Christian Center. For more content, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Or you can subscribe to our podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, or Google Podcasts. Check out our website at victory.net.nz. We'll see you again soon.